and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, the show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Last week, we looked back at 2019, and this week, we are going to look forward to 2020. We'll, of course, talk about some of the games we're looking forward to, but we'll also talk about events and conventions, as well as any gaming goals we might have. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison and the SGC. And thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Fletcher, you're back. How was your trip? It was great. Uh, I went to the Czech Republic and Dublin, and then we did a day trip to Northern Ireland. We went to Belfast. Oh, I thought you were in New Zealand. But that's fun, too. New Zealand? That might be cold. He did not think that. (laughs) (laughs) I was in Dublin, and I did a day trip to New Zealand. (laughs) <laughs> that would be fun. So you guys were there for two weeks. No, you were there for yeah. Two I was there weeks, for right? ten days. Okay, and she was there for twenty-seven days. Wow. For, Is she back uh, now? She's back. Yeah. Exciting. Uh, yeah, she's back. She's actually working tonight. Um, but yeah, we made it back. The scariest part of the trip was driving back from Belfast because the roads are dark and you drive on the wrong side. <laughs> so that was frightening. So you guys were actually renting and driving a car? Yeah, we, we rented and drove a car to go to Belfast. So she made it to four countries in 27 days. It's like seven seven cities, four countries in 27 days. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I never rented because international driver's license or something like that. I'm just like, eh, I'll take a cab. <laughs> well, you can't really take a You could take a train, but you can't take a cab to... Belfast. Did they make? I mean, you, I guess you could. It just did she, cost what? Did you have to have an international driver license? No. Really? Just use a driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. I, huh? Where I was. What is an international driver's license? Basically, basically a license saying that you have been essentially trained to drive on the wrong side of the road. So the, wherever I was, I don't remember where it was. I don't try to rent cars on wrong side of the road countries but wherever i was there was a restriction like you could not like a u.s driver's license by itself was not enough to rent the car but i oh. mean that's it's solely i guess dependent on whatever car rental place the you're country, going to i guess so but yeah I'm no you, you don't didn't run need into an international at least in ireland you don't and not in northern ireland so what you didn't need one in Antigua. We rented a car there and Spencer oh. drove on the wrong side of the road. That was terrifying because like mm, half the roads just like ended in a dirt trail. <laughs> so not only are they on the wrong side, but now you're not on the road at all. And everyone drives like 60 miles an hour on these dirt paths on the wrong side of the road. It's like it a rally like, car <laughs> racing. Yeah. And like sometimes seriously, it was like, oh, that's a cliff we're right next to. Great. <laughs> Yeah, yep. I, I like. But to we have... didn't die. We we're fine. <laughs> yeah, Look, our honeymoon was excellent. <laughs> no problem. I'm just gonna sit in my little house. The older I get, the more I don't want to leave. Yeah, well, I would recommend Prague if you guys ever get the chance to go. It was a lot of fun, and it's actually pretty inexpensive to go there. All the food and all the the beer is cheaper than the water. So if you like beer, good place to go. Literally, each beer for like half a liter is like less than two dollars. After doing London this year, I don't think I ever want to be on an airplane for more than three hours ever again in my life. <laughs> did you not so go awful? Did you not go business class? I mean, even then, it's awful. Just like being in an airplane for that long is just the worst. I will say that business international business class is not too bad. I, I could happily live there for a good twenty four hours before I got bored of it. I don't know what airline you were flying because there were basically it was first class which yeah is great if you're a bajillionaire (laughs) um and then there was like economy plus where you got like three extra inches of legroom oh no 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 no! it it would be equivalent to the first class where they've you have your own little pod and the bed like the seat reclines into a bed and they bring you as much champagne and wine as you want to help you sleep and yeah there's better movies there too I you just always think... know if you're in real first class, if you get on the plane and you make a left. If you make a left, you're in the good section. If you make a right, you didn't make it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like the way that it works where it's like, okay, now we're all going to go to bed. 
And then four hours later, we're going to wake you all up with a croissant. It's like, no, like just, <laughs> it's still the middle of the night. Like, wake me up as we land. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Don't pretend that I got a full night's sleep in that two hours. I can't United. sleep on. I can't sleep on planes anyway. So even when, because Sydney and I went business class on the way to uh, Paris when we went to Essen, and it was a couple hundred dollar upgrade. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, because it was going to be. Yeah, miserable. if it had been that, I would have done that. It was yeah, like it was just, four times the price. <laughs> yeah, it was like two hundred dollars a piece to upgrade. So I'm like, yes. Um, on the way back, it was way more. It's like six or seven hundred dollars a piece. I'm like, eh, we can sit in normal seats. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it makes such a big difference. And I've flown for work a few times, business class. It like yeah, it's night and day difference. I I don't recommend anyone do it. It's way too expensive in general. Um, <laughs> but if you're unless flying, you're actually doing it for business, yeah, if you're flying, yep, yeah, for business. If someone else or, is paying for it. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> well, also if you're landing in the morning. That's what we yeah. were doing when we went to Essen. We were landing in the morning. So we're like, well, we're going to be miserable because we're not going to be able to get good sleep on the plane. And then we're just going to be miserable all day long. So let's just sleep well on the plane. And when we get off, we can actually have a full productive day. So that's what we did there. But Never yeah. get a connecting flight. That was awful. No. When we got stuck in Washington, D.C. for an indeterminate amount of time and then had to fly <laughs> through Indianapolis back to Chicago. So... I'm assuming that all these miserable flights are not what we're looking forward to in 2020. <laughs> no, I don't plan on flying anywhere in 2020. Oh, I'll probably have a few flights. Yeah. No big trips planned, but I'm guessing that we'll have one or two that we'll end up being on. Um, so, yeah. So, what are we looking forward to in 2020? Actually, Fletcher, is there anything in 2019, since we looked back last week, anything in 2019 that you want to comment on that you liked or I don't know, whatever. That Obviously, was, you listen uh, to our episode, so you can just add right on to that. I mean, that was my first full <laughs> year, right, with you guys? Yes. Because I started just before. Did um, you start just before? No, you started just after. You started like in start February or March. I, I think, think it was so. in January. No, I don't think so. I thought I started in, man, I should know this. I thought I started in like November, December. Uh, I don't know. All I do know I'm for I'm going to quietly sh- look. You guys keep talking. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, um, so I guess maybe that, maybe not, depending on who's right. Um, other than that, what else did I like? I wish I could have gone to any some of the conventions? conventions with you guys. Yeah, any of them, but nothing lined up well, well for me this year. Well, this coming year, we will definitely have to work out a couple conventions at least. All right. Let's well, see what we can do. <laughs> All right. Well, Kitty's taking a look at your starting date. I am betting sometime in late February, early March, but I could be wrong. Um, let's talk about some games that are coming up in the near future and things that I think are going to be eh, pretty popular. Well, there's going to be one or two that I'm going to mention that are going to be very popular, but they already are. So I don't know if it counts. Um, but are there any games that you're looking forward to in 2020? That's coming out that you know of that you're like, oh, yeah, because um, you didn't back any Kickstarters or anything, right? No, I didn't back anything. So the only thing I mean, the one game that I'm going to buy, and I think I've mentioned this in the past few episodes, is Viticulture. because I want to get that game. I'm looking forward to buying that game in 2020. I know it's already out, <laughs> but I'm going to purchase it. Um, well, I, don't th- I don't think there's anything wrong with looking forward to playing a game you haven't played before. Yeah. I mean, Even it's, if that, it's not new, it's it'll be new to me, but it's not new. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's one thing that's like everybody, when you're looking forward to a new year, you should look at it's not just like new games that are coming out, it's new games that you haven't played and saying, I am looking forward to getting half these games I bought in 2019 actually to the table in 2020. I think that's a 100% valid thing to look forward to. You don't have to be like, oh, and then there's this new thing coming out that I really, really want to play as well. Because I have all these other games I got that I really, really want to play, but I never got a chance to play it. January 22nd. I was I was close. You're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... This this upcoming year will, will be my first full year. Full calendar year. <laughs> Excellent. What about you, Kitty? What games are you looking forward to in 2020? Also, crazy does 2020. So I think we might have talked about this when we were talking about Kickstarters. 
on something. Was that last week's episode? I don't we were know. looking. We were looking back at Kickstarters in last week's episode. So a game I'm looking forward to is Calico, which is a game I backed on Kickstarter, which will be fulfilling this year. That's showing up on some of these lists of games other people are also looking forward to. So, yeah, I did a search on Board Game Geek and just listed by games published in 2020. Uh, about 150 games. No, about 15 times 100. So 1,500 game entries have popped up. I've not looked through all those entries, nor am I going to. Um, I then sorted it by their rating, which really gets you down to about 70 or 80 games of, that people have played or just haven't rated anything on. And I think probably, a lot of those are Kickstarters because people get review copies of those ahead of right. time to put on their Kickstarter page. Yep. And that's definitely what it is. Like we have reviews of, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 110 votes. So there's some people have played this or at least some people have rated it. Uh, sometimes people do that. They'll rate it and leave a comment. So they know it's like, Oh yeah, I'm interested in this and this is why I'm interested or whatever the case is. But my number one game I'm looking forward to in 2020 is tainted grail, which is technically a 2019 game as some people already have it, but it's mostly coming out in 2020 for for the masses. What is Tainted Grail? So Tainted Grail is the Fall of Avalon. Yeah, it's it's this dark fantasy um, Arthurian world. So it's you know King Arthur esque uh, fantasy, but in a Dark Ages kind of way, not bright and heroy and stuff. Um, I have not gotten to be able to play this or even really watch it played. I've just heard people talk about it. And mostly people are talking about this as like a Seventh Continent killer, um, which if you haven't played Seventh Continent, then you wouldn't know. But it's it's a more character-developed, character-focused, more storyline gameplay with Seventh Continent kind of map discovery. And the way the map works is essentially you're going to lay out these square cards and you're going to flip them up and there's going to be certain things you can do on it and you can move to different areas and and such. Um, and apparently the story is just really, really good. And the gameplay is just really, really good. And I expect that this one is going to win a ton of awards, if not for 2019, for 2020. I'm just not... I'm suspicious as to when it's going to be officially saying yet it's out um because it is listed as 2020 on board game geek as well so we'll see where where the award seasons fall on that one but this one uh i i just so regret only getting getting the two or the one wave shipping instead of the two wave shipping so i could be playing it right now (laughs) so many things that you regret this year oh just that was last week's episode (laughs) that was last week's episode um Let's see, Kitty, or you guys have another one? Because I have a few more that I, I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Heritage is another one that we're looking forward to. Uh, technically, Spencer backed that one, but it's another one. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade just has been putting out a ton of stuff. I think, you know, in the same vein, um, they've put out a very soft, maybe we'll be getting a werewolf book for that for system that as well it, yeah um which is the uh vampire world of world of darkness werewolf. right yeah world of darkness i think it's um apocalypse is what the where is werewolf apocalypse something like that i don't know but that would be cool more world of darkness stuff we've been really enjoying vampire the masquerade fifth edition and pretty much anything related to that so <laughs> makes sense um i am looking forward to kingdom rush rift in time a game i oh yeah played so much yeah i played so much of this on the ipad and now it's coming out in a really unique board game design so this one i'm i'm very excited about hopefully the gameplay is as fun as it looks it's one of those things where it could just be like a tedious puzzle where or it could be like super fun and i'm hoping for the super fun part as opposed to the hoping for this tedious puzzle part the gameplay does look pretty fun because I remember watching the Kickstarter on that, and it looks it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, it's really interesting what they. Let me know when you get. Um, that I, I can come over. I've already backed it. <laughs> yep. So okay. come on over. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting because with the uh, Tetris like tiles, they can have a lot of interesting effects from the different towers and heroes and minions and how they do damage. Can like you. 
you can't just pick one thing that does a lot of damage. You need to pick a variety of things so that you have a variety of different um, polyominoes to actually do the correct kinds of damage to the group that's like running along. So I, I think it's going to be cool. And if it's not, then I'm going to be very, very, very disappointed. And my heart will be sad. And it'll be at Gen Con this year if it's, if it's bad. Anything else, Kitty? Something that just popped up on my radar in these like most anticipated Kickstarters of 2020 lists. Uh, Hell, the last saga. This is a, <laughs> it's H E L. We're missing oh. an L there. Um, but this is a Viking game that looks really cool. Um, that would make sense. It's a semi co-op, which can go a lot of ways, but I don't know. Um, and it's by the same um, pair of designers that did um, Smog Rise of Moloch. That was a Simon game, which I actually Yeah, so this did. is not by Simon, but it's the same designer duo. Yeah, I did like uh, Smog. It was, it was good. It was a one versus mini, but the mini, it was like pure open information. So it really is a bad three-player game because you have to play four characters. But as a two-player game or potentially a or bad four player game actually. As a two player game or a three player game, it's it's very good. So there's some design chops behind that. I, I can I can get behind that. So you're trying to um, there's like a missing colony, and you're a second expedition that you're trying to set up a new colony, figure out what happened to the first expedition expedition while you survive, and everyone has their own individual goals, but you have to survive together to make your goals work. It sounds a little bit like a Dead of Winter with a Viking feel. Yeah, I check it out. Yeah, looks yeah, kind of cool. The hidden trader stuff can go either way, but it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, this isn't a hidden trader. I would say it's a semi co-op. Everyone oh. has individual goals, but nobody is really working against each other. You're just working for yourself, which I like better. Yeah. I mean, the complaint is always. Well, if I can't get my individual goal, why would I help the group? Why wouldn't I just make sure everyone loses if I'm going to lose? Um, but then again, you if have you, to be so far towards losing to get to that point. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and if you have friends that are like that, then, you know, that's fine. You need some new friends as well. Board gaming is good. You can find <laughs> new friends and test your old ones. Uh, let's see. I have a couple others. Uh, True Vang Legends. I, like I say, this one I have very, very low expectations for. But I'm excited to see how it plays out. You seem to be the only one, because this is getting like a ton of buzz, I feel like. Well, the interesting thing, I mean, I'm not invested in the role-playing game it's based on. So it's not mm-hmm. like I'm like, oh my god, I can't I can't wait. I hope this is the most amazing thing ever. It's just like, oh, this has a lot of potential to be cool. So it really can only go up when I when I see it. It has an interesting uh pressure luck casting system or combat system. Uh so there's a lot. A lot of interesting things going on there. Plus, it's Simon, so they have a ton of miniatures and all of that. So, I'm that one. I hope to have that hit the table soon after I get it, just so that it doesn't get into the big box, overwhelming section of my gaming collection. It's hard, you know. I don't have very big boxes, but even like the medium boxes of my collection are so much less likely to get played than the small boxes. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I have games that come in it's not just a medium box or a big box it's like seven boxes yeah oh simon yeah well that's i just got cthulhu death may die and that's in like seven boxes i think so i mean you need like one box just for that one piece (laughs) yes there was an entire box just for the one cthulhu which i am definitely going to play that scenario at some point um i mean it's a i believe you totally it's a two foot tall Cthulhu and the game actually is pretty streamlined. So I could, I could set that up at any point. Um, but yeah, my trick to it now though, is not combining everything from the beginning. All I'm doing is opening the base game, playing that and ignoring everything else. And then I can look at the rest of the stuff and be like, Oh, okay. I see where this falls in. I don't need to like sort it all out before I even play the game. Um, I think that's just good advice in general. Don't, (laughs) don't get, go all, all in on your first game is not a good way to learn a game. It's You're just like, Wait, overwhelming. But now there's eight instruction manuals. <laughs> I don't know what one to read first because three of them say read this first. <laughs> this is a true story. Oh, uh, let's see. What else am I looking forward to? Fletcher, you have anything else you're looking forward to? I know you're looking at this list. 
What about all this uh, Kingdom Death Monster stuff? So I was on a I was on our board games and there was a there was a thread on Reddit and a person asked like, you know, what are some trends in board games that you're looking forward to in 2020? And this one person writes zombie sorry, they write zombie pirate viking Cthulhu's with non-random combat deck builder and metal coins. <laughs> uh, sometimes you gotta love reddit i know yeah and there's a another person comments is there a link to the kickstarter <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is with metal coins yeah obviously yeah and and it's silly it's like a silly little add-on but every time i see it i'm like yep must add must add must add so you are the target audience for that i think well now that I'm backing less games, I don't feel as guilty for going all in on the games I do back. You're not spending any less money. No. You're just backing no. less games. Uh, exactly. I don't know. I think you're still managing to spend less money. But not, not for lack of trying. Money. Yeah, I'm not spending <laughs> less money for a game. True. So, but yeah, I, I do have to kind of go all in on this stuff. I'm actually that's another game I'm looking forward to, and I mentioned it last week when we were talking about Kickstarters. Is I'm really looking forward to Car Wars. Like I am excited about that to the point where I might want to do. We we need to do a little mini series next year because um, Kitty and I have both been talking about designing our own games, and okay. I have several in various states of development, but. I think that talking about them, maybe having an episode or two where we're like, okay, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're doing. Um, and then maybe getting some feedback from listeners on what they think about the ideas would be kind of fun. And, and it might be motivating enough to to like take a game to printed prototype stages as opposed to just thought exercises. You're putting me on blast here. I like the idea of my game just staying a vague idea forever. <laughs> <laughs> See? Accountability, though. That's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't regret telling you anything. <laughs> I, I might do it for me anyway. Cause, so with Car Wars, Car Wars is a... I mean, it's been around for years and years and years and years and years. Like 40 years, literally. Um, so it can't be like super new. But it's 6th edition, so it's new for me i've not played it more than like one game back in the mid 80s but it's a design your own card car and then go around the board shooting at each other until y'all blow up now that's cool but i really like like the mech warrior miniature games where you design your own mech and you go around the board and blow each other up the problem with both of these games is they seem well car war seems a little bit more streamlined but mech warrior is not streamlined at all so i kind of want to do a MechWarrior-esque game where it's very easy to design your mechs and it's also very streamlined to play and put that together kind of like Warhammer Underworld style. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it strongly and I've actually started writing some notes down on this one. So maybe I will present this to the listeners in the next few weeks and get some feedback and, you know, kind of do a design considerations episode. For your and- consideration. <laughs> Well, it's fun just to kind of think about it in general, even if we don't do anything with it. Just kind of talking it out is kind of fun. It's fun to have an idea. Yeah. It's a lot harder to actually make that idea happen. Yes. So, all right. So It's hard to share that idea, too. Yeah. So you should feel very trusted, Chris. You're welcome. Well, you can share it with the rest of the world. But (laughs) if you so choose. Um, But I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to in 2020 as well is taking this or one of the other dozen or so game ideas to a more finished state and putting it up on like on the game crafter so people could actually buy it and play it if they wanted to. Um, that sounds almost resolutionary. It's almost resolutionary. I'm going to call it a goal <laughs> though. <laughs> You'll note the clear absence of a resolution episode this year. <laughs> I have no resolutions. I mean, if you guys have resolutions, you can have resolutions, but I have none. I'm going to stick with basically what I did last year with Kickstarters. Um, and ten. then 10. Yep. And coming up, um, I think eh, we'll, un- we'll announce that next week. Um, but <laughs> there will be some other changes. Not for, not for this podcast. Um, and yeah, so hopefully I'm going to have some time to work on stuff that are just kind of fun projects that are non-analog, because I always have things I can do programming-wise, but the whole non-analog stuff, you got to have that 
in your life in order to just unplug from the internet. So, uh, Fletcher, do you have any resolutions? Uh, I don't do resolutions. You just always perfect out of the, out of the gate. No, I'm not always perfect. <laughs> I just think that if you want to start to do something, there's no better time than today <laughs> to start doing it. But so why? I will say last year, I had a lot of resolutions I didn't really keep, but I did watch that um, silly show on Netflix, the Tidying Up show, no and I have done a pretty good job decluttering my house. I'm pretty proud of myself on this one. So, so sometimes you make accidental resolutions completely unrelated to New Year's. And I think that's a much more productive use of your time than trying to set it arbitrarily to a point in the year. Did you gamify it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did how, not. How did you get rid of the stuff? Did you just throw it in the trash? or Did you put it on Facebook? Did you eBay it? Like, um, I mostly donated stuff. So some of it was obvious trash that I threw away. Um, but a lot of like clothes, I still had a lot of really nice things that I just didn't like to wear. Those all got donated. A lot of kitchen wares got donated. Some stuff got given to my sister. Uh, I did sell a few things, but most of the stuff I was giving away was not anything valuable. It was clutter. It's, you know, those little things that you acquire over time. I just got rid of two big boxes of books that I picked up at different conventions for books and that were given to me as gifts that I read once and I don't feel like I want to reread. So those are all things that other people might find not just useful, but they might really love and enjoy. So time to pass them on. Yeah, I should donating is a good idea. And especially for like things like games and stuff, I can go and donate them to the local library. Um, yeah. Part of me feels and it, it shouldn't matter because, like, if you're giving stuff away anyway, it, it doesn't matter. But now with the new tax laws, like, donating doesn't do anything for you anymore. So it's like... You feel good about yourself, Chris. I know. I know. <laughs> just it's be just, a good person for the sake of it. It's just yeah. not one of those things I think of up front anymore. It's like, oh, I could donate this and write this all off on taxes. Like, no, you can donate this. And, well, you can't really feel write it off on Feel good about taxes. yourself. You can yeah. just feel good about yourself. I don't think I've ever tried to claim taxes for stuff that I've donated. I'm just like, here. I always take the receipt because they just hand it to you, and then I never actually do yeah. anything with it. Well, They're more like, often. What's the value of this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nothing to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we won't get into tax code or anything like that. But um, yeah, I Thank mean, you. honestly, donating stuff <laughs> is. I, that's a good idea. I didn't even, I don't, again, I don't know why it didn't cross my mind, but that's one of my biggest problems with how to declutter is I just, I feel bad throwing it away, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, I'm never going to need this. So do I get like Donate a giant, it. yeah, do I get a giant dumpster or do I just make tons of trips to the Salvation Army? Yeah. Uh, the Goodwill by me has a drive up, yeah. which I don't even yeah. have to get on my car to donate stuff. They've made it so easy. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm not going to make that a resolution, but I do still, <laughs> I would like to have my basement organized by the end of the year. So I'm, again, it's a goal. I'll tell you, it feels so good when you look at an organized space that has stayed organized for a while. There's like and no better feeling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, if you guys haven't noticed yet, this is a kind of end of year episode. This is what? January 3rd. 30th right now so happy new years um yeah and it's and we're not good at staying december. on topic december um <laughs> we're not good at knowing what month it is or knowing what month it is or any of those things kitty and i are both um on cold medicines of some sorts <laughs> but it's <laughs> is that what you so, kids call them these days that's what i'm calling cold it. medicine <laughs> but i'm gonna get us back on to talking about uh, non-game stuff. Although, there is one more game. Dice Throne Adventures. I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. This takes Dice Throne, <laughs> which is a dueling game, and turns it into a co-op role-playing-esque game. And oh, this is this I'm, this is the product I wanted when I first talked to these guys like two and a half years ago, saying, this product is amazing. You need to get, make, give me a, a role-playing version of it. And they're doing that next year. So I'm very happy about that. Um, conventions. What conventions are you guys planning to go to next year? Fletcher, uh, you're up first since you have all of them to choose from. They'll all be new to you. I can help. The, uh, what's the closest one? So Adepticon is the closest one. This one's in Schaumburg. It is okay. um, 
one of the earlier ones as well. I want to say it's in March, May or March. I will make every effort to go to that. All right. Well, we won't be doing anything there, but probably KeyForge because that's what Adepticon is to us. But just being there and it's a really good intro um, convention, though, because you don't actually have to buy a badge unless you want to participate in anything. So you can just show up and walk the dealer hall and walk through all the different gaming areas and just, you know, watch what people are doing. And it's a miniatures convention. So it's a very, very visual convention as well. Um, We brought Zachary there last year. I think he was like two months old. So he's tiny. He slept in his car seat the whole time. Yep, and he was just so peaceful. He's not like that anymore. Um, so it must have been March, because that would have made him two months old at the time. But yeah, I I really like Adepticon. Again, it's really close to us, so it's easy to get to. And I'm pretty sure uh, it'll be relatively easy to get to from the city um, via public transportation as well. And yeah, it's Schomburg. I can, I can get there by tri- public trans, probably without too much hassle. Yeah, and Kitty, Probably I'm just- easier than it would be for us to find parking there, because I remember that being awful <laughs> yeah hopefully they're going to try to fix that this year because it's growing like every convention they're just growing so fast but um kitty you're going to be at adepticon i'll probably be at adepticon um what about origins so origins is in columbus origins i believe is early june these dates are off the top of my head so do not um fact check me on these what are your plans for origins well this might be a good time to talk about something else I'm looking forward to in 2020. <laughs> I will not be at Origins because I'm really sorry I couldn't wait till Gen Con. I'm pregnant <laughs> and I'm due in June. So I don't think I'm allowed to travel without outside of my doctor's area more than an hour. <laughs> when we tar- started this podcast, you were obligated to not give birth over major conventions. You signed the form. <laughs> i fine. signed nothing <laughs> whatever and then my parents gonna... are attorneys you don't get me that way <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna name this one player four which is not an original name nope i think most easy people... to remember though that's true i think most people think that player three is just a pseudonym um but it's not <laughs> it's his actual name legal yeah. name yep yeah first player, name player first name middle name yep. three <laughs> yep last name langley <laughs> yep so just basically play a langley is is how that plays out <laughs> i thought you were gonna go with i thought you're gonna go with here comes a new challenger langley. <laughs> ready i'll take submissions bgg <laughs> yeah let name, me know name player four <laughs> so you don't know gender or anything yet right nope so, just right. exited the first trimester we've still got a few weeks we didn't do the fancy blood tests because i'm not old so my insurance doesn't cover it yeah I, <laughs> when if, if we have a second we won't be able to because we got the fancy blood test because sydney is jewish uh, but now that she's had it she won't get it so we won't be you able don't to get tell, it like, again covered yeah. <laughs> yeah so for those who don't know the fancy blood test is essentially testing for genetic issues that could be a problem yeah um but also, they can tell the gender at like 10 weeks with the blood test. So it's, it's like, yeah. And it's more accurate than like an ultrasound uh, gender. So. Yeah, because sometimes the ultrasound's super accurate, especially with boys. But sometimes they're like, well, probably a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for his sake, we hope it is. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. So no origins for you. No uh, origins Fletcher, for me. What do you think about coming to Columbus with us for Origins? Well, so June is tricky because that's when um, Kitty has her baby. So I'm going to be (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Carmen is uh, graduating in June. And I forget the exact weekend. But uh, she'll be done with her master's program. Well, this is 17 through 21. So if she graduates before that, you can bring her too. And it can be a celebratory gaming convention which i know she will love <laughs> <laughs> she'll be super psyched for that excellent hey babe i got uh, you a present we're going to ohio <laughs> jump in the car it'll be five Who doesn't hours love ohio columbus is a cool city though i i get a fun living. convention too yeah yeah i love origin so i'm gonna go regardless um it's but, a good size one yep yeah. 
So the next one is Dice Tower Con, now known as Dice Tower East, which runs over the week of the 4th of July. Sydney and I have been going to this one for the last three or so years. This one I'm on the fence about at the moment. Um, it requires flying. It's a longer trip. And it will depend a lot on if we can get her parents to watch Zachary for, you know, a week. Um, so this one's a little bit more up in the air, but we'll keep you posted as, as we get closer. And you guys have no interest in this. You have not. Well, I'll have a possible two week old. I don't know. <laughs> That's really great for conventions. Also, the 4th of July weekend is my anniversary. So we usually try to do something for that. So it's for Sydney and I, it's our anniversary of our proposal anniversary. So we try to redo try that. Try to steal con. our thunder every year. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, all right. So Gen Con. I think we should all try to be at Gen Con this year. I'm committing to be at Gen Con for at least one day. I, I Probably can... wearing a baby. <laughs> I've done it before. It wasn't so bad. We can do We can do one baby wearing day. That works. Player three slept while we admired the Cthulhu Death May Die prototype. I remember this very clearly. <laughs> yep, there was. We were in the middle of the dealer's hall. It's crazy crowded, and my baby was sound asleep. <laughs> well, I will say, trying to go to conventions with young kids, like super young kids, it's a crapshoot. Because when they're really little, when they're under like three months and, and less, they will sleep most of the time. And when they wake up, you change oh, yeah. them, you feed them, and they'll go back to sleep. At a certain age, and I would say probably six to six months plus, once they start crawling around, they don't want to After sit. six months, it's all, uh, yeah, no, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so last year, we ended up bringing my mother to Gen Con. So she was watching Zachary the entire time and hanging out in the hotel room with him and keeping him occupied. But had we not had that, like, I don't, our Gen Con would have been a very, very different experience. Um, so... All these, all these conventions are. Trickier. I thought that was Origins. She went to, and that um, they stayed back for Gen Con. Oh right, Origins. She went to, yeah, she went with us to Origins, and then to Gen Con, we left him with Sydney's parents. Because yeah. I was at Gen Con, and I don't remember Zachary nope. being there. <laughs> nope. Yeah, Gen Con was going to be one of those things where we were basically busy all day long for three days straight. So we didn't want to, like, there would have been no point. And Gen Con's so expensive to bring extra people for extra housing. Uh, it just didn't make any sense at all. So, But it is it is definitely tricky to fit in conventions and small kids. So if you're there yeah. for one day, that works for us. We'll, <laughs> we'll schedule our event around that. Um, Fletcher, this is July 30th through August 2nd. July 30th through August 2nd. Okay. Um, I might be able to make that. I'd say put it on your calendar now. Put it on my calendar. Pencil it in. Yeah. It's a really like one of a kind experience. Like you everyone should do Gen Con once at least. Yeah. Just to just to understand what people are talking about when they talk about it. And you're never going to be able to see all of it even if you did if you even if you played no games whatsoever, you just walked the whole thing. I don't know that you could walk the whole thing. Cuz there's hidden parts of it too that you just like, "Oh, wait, what? There's this whole section I didn't even know about." I found out that there was a um cross stitching thing going on at Gen Con through Reddit of all places. The cross stitching Reddit. Somebody's like, Oh, I learned how to do this at Gen Con. I was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> how just, did I miss this? It's just all things gaming and gaming adjacent. And every hotel in the city has ballrooms that have something going on in them. Um we've taken over the stadium. We've taken over the basement of the stadium. So if you ever wanted to play board games on an NFL football field, Gen Con is the place to do that. Yep. So we should all go in on an Airbnb this year for real. Um I think that we are You'll never do it. You just want to get into that hotel so you can hang out in your ballroom, I know. Maybe. We'll talk because they are increasing the price of the VIPs. So we'll we'll talk. It's, there's a mm-hmm. good chance. But if you're only going to be there for one day... Well, we'll see. If we can get an Airbnb, we can make it kid-friendly. We'll we'll see. What city is it in? Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Ah, okay. So it's not too far either. Yeah, it's just a three and a half hours or so from... Well, it's actually about, yeah, about three and a half hours from Chicago. All right. Our next convention, possibly... So we went this year, Sydney and I did, to PAX Unplugged 
which is the new up-and-coming huge convention on the East Coast. So this is bigger than... It's probably the same size or a little bit bigger than Origins right now, but it's only in its like third year, and this has potential to grow to Gen Con size in the next five years. Like this is this is going to be a big one. Now the way Pax U is set up is it's just one huge convention hall and like lots of different sections, but it's just table after table after table of people sitting down and playing games. There is no. It doesn't feel overly crowded, but it feels very, very active the entire time. And it's a different group than your normal Midwestern uh, conventions because it's East Side or East Coast anyway. And there's not a lot of convention. East Side. (laughs) (laughs) But there's not a lot of conventions on the East Side, not of any significant size. So it really does. Stop calling it the East Side. (laughs) East Coast. (laughs) Um, which has the same problem the West Coast has. The West Coast has very few conventions as well, uh, which is why Dice Tower West is in Vegas now to try to bring, you know, bigger conventions there. Although Dice Tower West is going to be relatively small this year. Um, it's still a place you can go and just play board games, which is uncommon on the West Coast and the East Coast, because apparently you can only play games in the Midwest where it's winter and you just, you can't go outside. So you play board games, but I don't think, it well, really- I really, really, really want to go to Paxio, but we'll see. <laughs> we might be able to get Carmen to go to Philadelphia, though, Fletcher. I have a friend who lives in Philadelphia who offered up her couch to me if I want to go, and I couldn't make it work this year, but we'll see. Knowing my luck, now she's going to move, because that's what <laughs> she does. <laughs> well, Pax is actually a relatively cheap place to get housing at, too. Right now, it is, anyway. Um, For now. <laughs> yep. So it's it's a definitely one worth checking out, especially if you're on the East Coast. Uh, and then the the one that we will we didn't do a whole lot at this one. We didn't even have a table. But next this coming year, maybe that changes, and that's Game Holcon. Uh, this one is in Madison. It is the first weekend in November, I believe, or the last weekend in October, or maybe both somewhere. It's, it's usually, usually the, first the end of October. Well, it's usually the first weekend of November. This year, it was over October, November, because Halloween fell on it. So they did a Halloween thing. But this one is a little bit more role-playing based. But I'm finding every time I go, there's more and more board games. There's a ton of industry personalities that go to this convention. Um, Like I said, it's in Madison in November, so it's cold. But it's one of the best-run conventions that I go to each year. It's a really fun one. This is, I think, Spencer's favorite convention that we go to. Uh, I think he was actually a little disappointed we didn't make it this year. But with timing of lots of things, it just didn't work out. So Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun, but I was only there for two days because you weren't there. Fletcher wasn't there. Um, So I ended up just going for two days, playing games with some listeners, um, and then played the games with Lightning Steve. Hi, Lightning Steve. Um, And Michael Yanikowski... Um, and Trevor, and there was a couple other people. But um, yeah, we just went, we played games, and then came back. We were only there for one night because we had Zachary with us, and he was only so patient for daytime <laughs> game playing. I hope uh, you appreciate now how good Player 3 was the year that he was there. Uh, he was pretty good. Yeah, he took a lot of stroller naps. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we definitely did that too. The stroller, put him in the stroller, give him a bottle, cover it up. Pretend like it's in your own little room. Now go to sleep. Daddy has to go win some uh, whatever game I was playing at the time. I think it's playing <laughs> Arkham Horror at the time. So, um, any other conventions or events that you guys are looking forward to? Local game um, stores. I'm doing some more. I need some more KeyForge. So I haven't been doing enough of that. You should. Well, Adepticon will have lots of KeyForge, and that's in your backyard. Um, yeah, Sydney and I are definitely looking forward to Keyford Worlds, which will be in St. Paul, I believe. And this is where essentially anyone who's won a, a prime championship, which is like store level stuff, or ranks in the top 100 on the leaderboards for the Vault Tour, which we both do, uh, you get an invite to Worlds. So this is going to be probably close to three or 400 people all playing in one giant tournament in teams of three. So we're really looking forward to that. 
And then the Volt Warrior series is going to be started up. And this is um, Keyforge's cash prize tournaments, uh, which we don't have a lot of information on, but we're it's just another way to play and more you know, more Keyforge is good Keyforge. So we're looking forward to that as well. <laughs> it, I mean, at least if you like Keyforge. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really, really, those, those will be fun events as well. And Sydney just started playing online. So she's like addicted. Oh yeah. I got a text from her and I completely spaced on it until just now. Yeah. She's played like the other day. It was her first full day where she didn't have anything to do. So she just played all day long. And I'm, I wish I had those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it got to a point where I'm like, I'm right here. We could play a real game. She's like, uh, no, no, I got, I just <laughs> one more game. Or I'm, I'm playing with this podcaster or, oh, this is the person that we met over at this other place. Cause you just meet a lot of it's, it's a tight knit community. So you, you get to see a lot of these people online that you've met in person at the different events and stuff and vice versa. All right. What else are we looking forward to in 2020 as we wrap up? This season, this year, this this year. Season. <laughs> if I had it to do over again, we would have seasons. And we would do 45 episodes a year, and we would break it up into two different chunks throughout the year. So we would take a day out or a month off in Mid-season July. Break. <laughs> and, and a month off in December. Um, but we just started doing every single week. So now I feel obligated to do every single week. <laughs> but yeah, so now sometimes. We're stuck. Now we're we'll stuck. see if we can keep our streak of not missing episodes due to birth. We can do that. I have faith. Because I'll just record without you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There have been episodes here and there without me. Every once in a while. I think I am the only person that's been on every single episode. Unless we count the Kickstarter edition. We did one of those without you. No, oh, that is true. That is true. Nope, but we don't count those because they're not on the feed anymore. Because <laughs> the feed was getting too big, so I had to get rid of all the Kickstarter edition stuff and all the stuff that's not like our core episodes. Um, let's see, what else am I looking? Yeah, I don't know. Twenty twenty, just it feels it feels too soon. We're like now living in the twenties. It feels weird. <laughs> the, the roaring twenties. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's coming back. We're all gonna well, start having Gatsby style parties. It's, Hopefully, it's, no one ends up dead in the pool. Eh, I, spoilers. I'm gonna, Sorry. I'm not going to bet on that. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> in case you needed that, like, what, 100-year-old novel spoiled for you? <laughs> well, I am looking forward to the 20s in general. Um, I don't know. It's just it's funny because after, like, I grew up in the 80s, 90s, and those are, like, decades, like, 70s, 80s, 90s. And then when you get to the 2000s, it's like, I don't even know what to call this decade anymore. And, like, the teens. The oddies. The oddies, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you have the teens, and that doesn't sound good. But now we're back into 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, so we're back to normal. Yeah. Let's just not bring back any, you know, jazz age decadence and... Great Depressions. Yeah. We had our Great Anchors Depression. Crossed. Yeah, we had our Great Depression in the knots, mm. which was worse than the Great Depression. What do they call it? The something recession. I thought we just called it the recession. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it was actually like the Great Recession or something like that. But it was yeah. it, it was worse than the Depression as far as the economy no, is concerned. <laughs> that not. is if from the economy standpoint, like yes, people weren't jumping out of windows or anything like that, but the amount of money lost was more. We're not making this an economics podcast. Again. <laughs> We've done it, been there, over it. Well, now we are in a good place. 2020 will bring lots of interesting things on all kinds of fronts. I'm looking forward to riding through it. Um, and yeah, so that that is our 2019 year. And Kitty and I both made it through without having any coughing or sneezing fits. Yeah, I'm not allowed to take the good cold medicine because pregnancy is awful but <laughs> worth <That's>... it <laughs> <laughs> all right now on michael yanikowski's recommendation we are going to have siri read the notes but i will say that this is easier said than done but i'm going to try it and we're going to see what happens 
But first, right. I will. S- I was going to say you got to read the stuff first. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook at Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. Twitter is at Tabletop Game TLK. Kitty is Lawful Good Mom. Fletcher is Net Fletch. I am Game Master Chris. Uh, you can help us out on Patreon by going to tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. And Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening, and remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. And finally, let's see if we can make this work. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, that's not good. All right. We'll try this anyway. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do it this way. Um, so what I... <laughs> it's almost like you didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> I tried this so many ways to like make it the best way possible, but this will work. This is great. This is Siri. This is, <laughs> this is Siri reading. I what? <laughs> this is Siri reading from our website. So this is the whole blurb. Here it is. If you want to read the credits, send an MP3 or similar audio file of you reading the following names: Adam Harrison, the SGC. Jason Strong, Terrence Mildner, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Hano Witz, Jerry Hong, Stefan Phillips, Caleb O'Brien, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Ratt, Nick Kickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Swartzel, Anne Reynolds, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Nate, Fast Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Zelander, Mike Smith, Trevor Davis, Tim Vernig, Chris Lowe, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, Glenn Cotter, Jesse Wachowiak, Emil Jewell Jacobson, Marina Stevens, Gregory Huber, Don Jillstrap, Stephen Judd, Lean Fairholst, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Ragstad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keith, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Jimothy and Matthew Troke. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. In my defense, the accessibility mode on this phone is super, super finicky, and it's cool, though. But wow, you can't touch anything, otherwise it'll talk to you. Yeah. It's almost like you didn't know <laughs> that you planned it this way. I'm just glad that we're not going to be replaced by robots anytime soon. Uh...